Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. Welcome back to another episode of Two Drunk Brothers and a Podcast. This one is episode 63, presented by the Hub Chicago. And we got a full slate of football action to talk about for you. A lot of different forms of football we're going to talk about. Some NFL this week. Recap different last forms. weekend. What? I said different forms. Different forms, yeah. We got the <laughs> NFL to recap from last week, the wild card weekend. We're going to preview the gambling slate for the divisional round. We are also going to talk about the college football uh, championship game, both from a game perspective and a betting perspective. And then we're going to round out the show by talking about the XFL rules. They released the rules yesterday um, on Tuesday, January 7th. And there's some interesting ones out there to be different. Um, well, let's kick off the show today. The show. I've never, I've literally never called it. The that. show. Yeah. Let's kick off the show today by talking, by recapping last weekend's wild card games. And we're just going to kind of spitball. It's going to be a free ball conversation. Um, and let's go in chronological order. So let's start with this Saturday early afternoon game between the Texans and the Bills. The Bills. In this New one, Canada. this one literally came down to which coach wanted to fuck up more. Dude, right? I mean, Bill O'Brien literally just about lost the game for them. He did more of, of a shitty job than Sean McDermott did and still won the game. But both of them made the stupidest fucking decision. That it was a, they were up by three with like, I don't know, a little bit over a minute or so left in the fourth. And they went for it on fourth and one and didn't get it. Rather than kick the field goal and go up by six. It was so stupid. Yeah. The Bills have just wasted their third timeout. So they had no timeouts left. They were definitely in field goal range, um, and I just I didn't get it. If even if you're not going to kick the field goal, if you really don't trust, pin them deep. Yeah, punt. Take a fucking delay game and punt the ball. Like that's all you have to do. Pin them deep, and they have to go ninety something yards instead of the whatever or sixty yards instead of the thirty they had to go to to kick the game time field goal. Um, I was sweating bullets in overtime. So, um, of course, as you all know, I had the under in that game, which was 44. Um, I actually bet it at 43 and a half. And I also, I thought the Texans were going to win. So I parlayed it with the Texans money line. So going into overtime, I wanted the Texans to win, but it was 1919. So I could not have a touchdown be scored or I would lose my bet. And luckily it was just a field goal. So, but, uh, very exciting. Uh, that was to me, probably one of the more inter- that and the Saints game were the most entertaining ones on the weekend because yeah then, yeah then we so let you know how much in field goal range they were i didn't know they were this close at the end the texans they were on buffalo's 30 yard line when they went for it so that would have been a 47 48 yard field goal yeah which is makeable i mean in a I, dome i They're, believe fairbairn made one it's fairbairns and i believe he made one earlier in the game from that from about that range he had he made a 41 yarder 
earlier in the game. That's and, it. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the field goal because they had two touchdowns and two extra point with two point two two point conversions. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it was a it was definitely an exciting one. I really didn't get to catch it until the second half, which is good because that's when it got that's when it got good. It was a blowout up until like almost the end of the third quarter. But then we roll into the Saturday night game, um, Patriots against the Titans. And I fucking just had a gut feeling. I said it last week, a crazy upset happens every single week. The Titans were going to do it and they did it. I, I, I called the Titans. I would say that the Vikings upset was more of an upset than this one. Oh, it was, it was, but I called this one though. This is absolutely pathetic. If your quarterback wins a playoff game with 72 passing yards, a touchdown and interception, that is ridiculous. Derrick Henry carried the ball 34 times, 34 times for 182 yards and a touchdown. Nobody can stop that man. He is the Polar Express going to just plow through everybody. Like He's a huge – he's a huge – He's dude. massive. I mean, anytime you got somebody who is 250, 260 playing running back, and it's just like they knew it was coming. And then once they – it was, it was crazy to me is once the Titans, once the Patriots thought they had stopped the Titans, they, they pulled that screen pass to Henry that went for like 40-something yards. And, like, they never throw passes to Derrick Henry ever, and they threw into him um, in that game, which was interesting to me. And, uh, yeah, but it, the Patriots dynasty, I'm sorry. It's, it, I know we said this time and time again, but this is the worst they've looked in years this year. To end the season, that's the worst playoff game I've probably ever seen Tom Brady and Bill Belichick playing together. Uh, I, I think it's over. I think Tom Brady's out of New England. It's not even the fact that their defense is bad. Their offense, no, their offense is, is horrible. Horrendous the last, finishing out the year. I mean, not even Tom Brady playing bad. Edelman was dropping passes. Yep, that's what I was going to say. Like, dropping Edelman, passes left and right. Yeah, Edelman was dropping passes that he normally doesn't drop. Like Edelman is pretty pretty sure-handed. And he he dropped that one that uh, I can't remember. Is where that the, is that the end of the game? It was a third down play. Yeah, was, and he he had it for a first down. I think we might be thinking of the same one. Yeah, it was like a, a little, quick he, out route. Yep, mm-hmm. and he had it had it in his hands. It wasn't the best throw, but he should have had it to maybe make this a game. And uh, it was just awful. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about Tom Brady's tenure in in New England. I think is over because. I mean, they, they gave him Gronk, and they had Aaron Hernandez for a bit for weapons. But other than that, they never really gave him, like – he he had Randy Moss one year, but really they've never had, like, a big-time wide receiver. I see him leaving there for somewhere that has more weapons because, I mean, they're not going to be able to put anybody there unless it's, unless it's A.J. Green. At that point in your career, though, it's like you're that old. Do you really want to go somewhere for – one or two years, he should retire. He won't. I mean, he's not going to let his last NFL pass be a pick six. Yeah. Uh, so, awesome, by the way, he's not done. That was also um, that game was horrendous to watch. I will let you know. Jarrett had Titans plus whatever it was, five and a half, five. Yeah. I had the over, in which there were twenty-seven points first half points. Yep. And not Dick scored in the second half other than that pick six, which was with like 40 seconds left to play. Yeah. Looking yeah, was, looking like a lock at halftime, and then they just shit the bed. Yeah, it was uh, looking good for you, but, you know, that's gambling for you. So that was uh, the Patriots dynasty. Might, might be over. We'll talk about the Titans and their matchup with the Ravens later on, um, which rolls us into the Sunday slate in the first Sunday game. And this, this hit me hard. 
Um, the Vikings upset the Saints in New Orleans in the Dome. Um, I had a fairly big parlay that I didn't talk about on the podcast of Saints and Seahawks money line, and it just got ruined in the, in the first game. It was this might have been the biggest choke job of Drew Brees' career. It was bad. I mean, terrible game. I mean, they're they're just the play calling, the decisions he made. He was just eating sacks. Well, I feel like it wasn't the play calling because when they brought in Taysom Hill, they were designing some innovative plays that were fucking working. I think that just they have a loyalty to Drew Brees, which I I understand to a certain extent. But it's a playoff game. Like you can't be giving the guy more chances to do shit when he's playing like asshole game. Leave Taysom Hill in there and let him fucking run. Let let let, let, let him do the damn thing. Yeah, and I mean, I get he was 26 of 33, but just his decisions, I mean, a lot of those are check down rounds to his little piece of shit tight end, not Jared Cook, the other guy. Uh, that Hill. guy, Hill? Yeah, he had like so many three-yard catches, it was unbelievable. Um, not only this- that, so the missed field goal at the end of the second, at the end of the first half was huge. Like, Will Lutz makes that. We're not even talking, like the Saints win that they, game. Yeah, they win. They win. Also, they win that game. They were in scoring position. They were in field goal position when Drew Brees coughed up that fumble. Fuck. Oh, yeah. That would have been ball game, too. Fucking throw the – like, you are 40 years old. You've been in the league for close to 20 years. Throw the fucking ball away. I well, mean, I just don't understand. Like, Taysom Hill had just got off that big gain. I don't know why they don't keep him in just to, like, run the ball. Yeah. Just to take some time off the clock. Um, at one point, Taysom Hill had one pass attempt, was leading the game – and passing, receiving, and rushing. I yeah. think it was close to halftime too. Yeah, and like so, like they he was he was a hot hand, and they kept trying to feed the ball to Kamara, who couldn't do fucking anything. Oh, dude. not a damn thing! And every time, every time Latavius Murray touched the ball, he was getting four almost four yards of carry. Let him be the bell cow of this game. Like it's a playoff game. Like Sean Payton, that's his biggest downfall. Is I feel like he gets like emotional, like heartstring with these players. And plays with his heart too much, and not with with who with who's playing the best game, and that really hurt him on on Sunday. Yeah, I mean Alvin Kamara, he he's like he just gets touched and he go and he went down. Yeah. Seemed like it, that's what he was doing on Sunday. They looked horrible all the way around. Vikings Vikings defense though was fucking ratcheted up. Vikings all around looked great, except for uh, Stephon we'll Diggs throwing that little pussy fucking tantrum on the side. Oh, he always does that, so that doesn't surprise me. But uh. I was I was sleeping on the Vikings. They have a legitimate shot this weekend, which we will talk about um, in our picks for the upcoming weekend. But the last game on Sunday was the Seahawks and Eagles. It was a pretty big snooze fest. I yeah, the Seahawks and Eagles. Like this is a game where I didn't watch a whole lot of it. I had a lot of money on it, like a lot. I told like it was my five unit bet, and I legitimately put five units down on it, and it. It was stressful for me, but at the same time, it was boring. Uh, the, the Seahawks' backfield is just absolutely horrendous, which I'll dive into farther when we talk about the game this weekend. Yeah, I mean, uh, game was boring. I never once once Carson Wentz went down. Like, I know the Seahawks were only up three nothing at that point, but I still had no doubt in my mind that they were going to end up winning that game. Josh McCown played very admirably, like he really did for a 40-year-old in his first playoff game, um, which is insane to think about. It's so crazy to believe that Josh McCown looks 40 years old. I mean, really, seriously. 40-year-old. You see that video of him? Um, It was two years ago in a charity basketball event, just fucking balling, like 
Like he was by far and away the best player on on the court. Like, I mean, he looks like an athletic dude. I, if I were to look at like, I guess ESPN doesn't update his picture, but I mean, he hasn't really aged much. No, he still no. looks like he could be like twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah, but they had played admirable effort. What was what was interesting to me is I think the Seahawks defense stepped it up. I mean, they had seven sacks on Sunday night, on Sunday afternoon when they had twenty eight all year. So. Maybe Javian Clowney and the rest of that defense are finding like a, a you know, something to to. I think Ezekiel Ansah is on that defense too. Yeah, he is. So you got yeah, he is. He Ansah, got hurt. Yeah. At one point, uh, that brings up you talked about Clowney. A lot of people were talking about the hit on Carson Wentz, which I didn't particularly think was that bad. No. I mean, it's not like he was trying to hurt the dude, and everyone's like, "Oh, he's had so many dirty plays in his career." Shut up. Uh, it's, whether or not you bet on the Eagles or you're an Eagles fan, the play was not, not that bad. Carson, Carson West, West fucking big old Band-Aid. Yeah. Dude, he is made of glass. Uh, yeah, he's just – he's Carson Wentz. Yeah, he's uh, not your franchise quarterback. You guys need, probably should be looking for, for your next one. But that wraps up last weekend. A lot of, a lot of exciting games, uh, two exciting games, two kind of semi-boring ones. We're going to roll into this weekend. Um, but first, before we do that, We'll just give you a quick update on the NFL coaching carousel if you haven't been paying attention. Um, this was a surprising one to me, the first one. Matt Rule, the uh, former Temple and was a, a co- head coach of Baylor the past two seasons. Um, he's heading to Carolina on a seven-year deal. Like That was a yeah, the, the length and the amount of money is just ridiculous. Yeah. That is so stupid. For a coach that's never coached in the NFL. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was a boneheaded move. I get, I mean, I if he can build it there, like there's a lot of young players in Carolina. I get, I mean, you got to think he took over a Temple program, made them a 10-11 win team, took over a fucking Baylor team that went 1-11 and and yeah. made, them in, made them into a playoff contender, so... I don't know. I just I don't know if that is going to translate to the NFL. So it'll be interesting. But if you can get if they can get a young quarterback with Christian McCaffrey, who knows? Um, the next one was this one was really interesting to me. Mike McCarthy um, back in the NFL. He's going to coach the Dallas Cowboys. I like that hire. I don't know why the Packers let McCarthy go. I don't think him and Rodgers got along all that well. But I think this is a good hire for the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean it's not bad. Anybody with. NFL experience, and not only that, but has done well in the NFL like Mike McCarthy did. I mean, at this point, anything is better than to step up from Jason Garrett. I think Jason Garrett honestly just sat on the sidelines and, like, watched the game. I don't think he ever made any decisions whatsoever. 
Did you hear that, like, every time, like, people were, like, ragging on the Cowboys because they, they kind of strung Jason Garrett along and, like, didn't tell him what they were going to do, and they were in bed with other coaches. But apparently every time Jerry – this is, like, a rumor. Every time Jerry Jones attempted to fire or let, tell Jason Garrett – because they didn't fire him. Like, his contract was up. Tell him that they weren't going to renew it. He, like, would almost start sobbing and crying. And was like, please just give me one more chance. I, I, I deserve it, blah, blah, blah. And, like, was just crying, like, begging Jerry Jones for him to keep, for him, to keep him around. It doesn't surprise me. The dude looks like he – I mean, I'm sure he knows what he's talking about, but he, he didn't look like he had any decision input in every, any game. And he was just emotionless. He's like, whatever, I'm just I mean, yeah, we always give – we give Jeff Fisher a bunch of crap for having average teams. Look at Jason Garrett's career. I mean – Yeah, I mean, there's – as a matter of fact, I'm going to look that up. He can't have that good um, of a career in total, right? He no, is – I mean, he's 85 and 67, not bad, but he is two and three in the postseason. Go, go through his, like, season-by-season season records, like, of his teams, if they have that available on his Wikipedia page. I bet you that's, like, a lot of eight and eights, a lot of seven and nines, a lot of nine and sevens. I mean, he coached for 10 years. Uh, he had a – I think he came in in the middle of the season, was five and three, eight and eight, eight and eight. Eight and eight is how he started. Then a twelve and four, then a four and twelve, then a thirteen and three, nine and seven, ten and six, eight and eight. So he honestly really only had three good seasons. Yeah, if you want to consider, yeah, I'd consider ten and six a good season. Yeah, it's good. Ten and six, three good seasons. Other than that, completely average to bad. Yep, exactly. So we'll see how the Mike McCarthy era does in Dallas. But I mean, he's got a he's got a young quarterback and a young running back. So um, and a damn good offensive line. Um, the next one, the Giants, good luck with this one. Jo- Joe Judge, the Pats uh, wide receiver coach, um, is going to be a head, gonna jump from wide receiver to head coach. Never called plays before in his life. Um, be interesting to see that. Um, the last one we'll talk about, there's only one vacancy left, and that's the Browns. I mean, what are they, what are they waiting for? Uh, I mean, I guess they have all the time in the world, I guess. There's not very many people looking for a head coach. Yeah, I honestly think they're hold, they're trying to hold out for Eric Benemy, the Chiefs' offensive coordinator. But I mean, that would be a good hire for them with the offense they have. Yeah, uh, Freddie Kitchens just sent that team and flushed it down the drain this season. He is a horrible person and coach. Yeah, that was a, that was a bad hire by by the GM, which is why he got shit canned as well. They should have kept uh, um, Greg Williams, who took over last year and actually did it good, but. Anyway, that's the intro. It's gone on long enough. Just wanted to recap everything that's kind of going on in the NFL. We're going to roll into Degenerates Digest, where we got all four NFL picks and the college football playoff champion to talk about. So let's get it. Hey, everyone. As you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free, B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. My friends are degenerate, but I never change them liars. All right, uh, we'll start off with the NFL 
picks for this weekend that start on Saturday at 3.35 Central Time. Um, this game, I think all games will be good ones. Not a lot of confident picks in me, but the first game is the Vikings at the 49ers. 49ers are seven-point favorites, and the over-under is 44-and-a-half. What are you – who are you leaning to win this matchup before we die? Niners. Niners. I don't think it's that easy of a pick, but I do think that the 49ers will win. Yeah, I mean, it's just – I don't think the Vikings are going to – to me, it's the Niners and the Saints are the two top teams in the the NFC. I just don't see them taking down both of the the top teams, um, in my opinion. Like, to me, the Saints are stronger than the Packers. And while they played good – I just think that the Niners defense is a bit better than what the Saints is. And that that's going to be the deciding factor. You know what the Vikings is? Oh, I thought, oh, okay. No, I know what you mean now. Yeah. Um, I just think, I mean, I think that people are underestimating the Vikings. Obviously we did last week when we picked the Saints, I picked them to win. We both picked them to win by eight. Yeah. Um, I mean, their offense Really runs through Dalvin Cook. Now that they got him back, they look pretty good. And their defense, I mean, shut down Drew Brees and the Saints, which their offense is a lot better than the 49ers is, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, it is. It definitely is. So, with that being said, what's your pick? I'm not doing the spread either way. I don't like it either way because I can see it kind of getting out of him. What I am confident in is it's going to be a very low-scoring affair with the two great defenses they have and neither team having really a stellar offense. Um, by any stretch of the measure. So I'm going to go with the under a 45, 44 and a half in this one for me. I'm going two units on it. Um, like I said, not confident in the spread. Um, New Orleans had the ninth best offense in the league in the NFL this year. And, you know, obviously we saw what they couldn't do against um, the Vikings. San Francisco has had the fifth, fourth best offense, but they lost 10 fumbles. New Orleans had only lost two going into the year. The Vikings were able to force some turnovers. So I think that's going to play a big, a big factor. San Francisco also has a very elite defense, like I already said, you know, one of the top five in the NFL. So I just see this being super low scoring and not very exciting. Okay. I'm giving you a different pick, not opposite of Jarrett, but I'm going Vikings plus seven here. I'm throwing two units on that. Uh, We all saw them absolutely dominate the line of scrimmage on Sunday, both sides of the ball. They made Drew Brees look nervous. So I can't imagine what they're going to do to an inexperienced Jimmy G offense. They're young. They haven't really been in the playoffs, you know, with this regime they have now. Um, not only does their lack of experience bother me, but their late-game defense is troublesome. The 49ers give up a lot of points late in the game. They let teams back in it. We saw it in Week 17 against the Seahawks. We saw it with the Falcons earlier on in the year. Isn't, wasn't that who they played where they yes. lost on that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so they just – they get ahead. They get comfortable. And that is really going to allow the Vikings to not only creep back in the ball game, but to cover this spread. Combine that by not beating a team by two scores since week 12. The 49ers haven't done that. So I see it being close, and Dalvin Cook's going to play a huge factor. If they shut him down, they'll, they'll cover this seven-point spread. If Dalvin Cook is successful, then the Vikings will cover it. All righty. Well, there you go. That is the Vikings-Niners game. Next one is the Titans at the Ravens. On Saturday night at 7.15, the Ravens are nine-point favorites. The over-under is 47. Um, let's talk about the game overall first. Who we think win? I think we both probably have the Ravens winning this game. 
unless Travis is going to be a total wild card and pick the Titans. I don't have the Titans winning. I would love, absolutely love to see the Titans win. But, I mean, we, we both know who the better team is. Um, obviously, it's the Ravens, so I have them winning. But yeah, I'm I not going to be rooting for them by any means. No, no, no. The Titans barely beat the Ravens. I mean, the, the Patriots on, on Saturday. So, the Ravens are a much better team. Um, so, that being said, I'm going to dive into who I picked for the gambling slate. And I took the Ravens minus nine. Um, I just think the Titans don't have what it takes to keep this game close. I mean, the Ravens are going to have very long possessions. They're not going to give opportunities for uh, Tannehill and that offense to be on the field, and they are running offense themselves, so they need to be able to score quickly. Um, And just like Travis said on the intro, the Titans won a game last week where Ryan Tannehill had 72 passing yards. The last time that happened in a playoff game where the quarterback had under 100 yards was in 2009 where the Ravens beat the uh, the Pats. They went on the next weekend to get beat by the Colts by 17 points. I think this we're going to see a similar scenario here. Um, the Ravens had the fifth-best run defense in the NFL, so minus nine is, uh, is where I'm going with you. Two units on that one. All right. I'm going one unit, but I'm going against you. I'm taking the Titans plus nine. And to start off my analysis, we're going to jump into the mind of Booger McFarland. Oh, my God. Uh, Derrick Henry is six foot three, 240 pounds. It's right around this average size of not only the Ravens linebacker, but it's a little bit under the size of an NFL linebacker. So if you take a guy running downhill, sprinting downhill through a gap, and you got a guy trying to tackle him who's moving at a lesser speed, you're going to get driven back. So it's simple science. Uh, If you pound the rock with Derrick Henry, I think they have a shot at keeping this game close. If he's as successful as he was against the Patriots, I mean, it's just so hard to stop him. I mean, the Ravens are going to win. They're the better team, but I'm going to lay my trust in Derrick Henry to cover the spread. We're going to be able to tell, though, I think, after the first quarter if the Titans are going to be able to cover. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, like the Ravens just have such long drives. Like they have, they have the ball for like eight to nine minutes at a time. Oh, I already looked it up. They have the uh, number one time of possession in the NFL this year, but the Titans have like the number twenty sixth time of possession. So they apparently they can score quickly, or they just fucking do a lot of three and outs. But Derrick Henry, I don't know. Derrick Henry can just make for some long runs. I know that. He trucks yeah. one guy, and he can get up. Even though he's a big guy, he can get up and going. But like I said, uh, we'll, we'll know after the end of quarter one if they will cover, because if they've shut Derrick Henry down, then they have absolutely zero chance of covering this nine-point yeah. spread. If, if you're the Ravens, though, and Travis and I were talking about this a little earlier before earlier today, if you're the Ravens and you're def- like, you commit to stopping the run every single play, like you go out there st- to stop the run, and if Tannehill beats you with his arm, fucking so be it. That's how it's meant to be. But that's why that's how I would play it. But that's going to move us into the Sunday slate. Um, the games are not at noon this week. They start at 2 o'clock, 2.05 Sunday. The first one is the Texans at the Chiefs. Chiefs are 9.5-point favorites. The over-under is 51. Travis, who do you like to win this football game? To win? I mean, obviously I'm going Chiefs, no doubt about it. I would lay my nuts on the line for the Chiefs to win this game. I also think the Chiefs will win this football game as well. The Texans squeaked one out barely last week against the Bills against the Bills team, and they let the that Bills team just trump them. I mean, and they had not had not had a good offense. They had the most yards out of any team last weekend. The Bills did against the Texans, so I just think the Chiefs are going to be tuned up. They got a week of rest. They're ready to roll. Yeah, 
Um, the nine and a half point spread, though, I think, yeah, this is the highest one of the weekend, but I don't care. I'm taking it. Yeah. Um, I'm taking the Chiefs minus nine and a half, and I'm laying two units on that one. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. It was tough, but I've seen time in and time out how awful the Texans' secondary is. It's so bad. So if they allow Patrick Mahomes to open up, like I know he can. We all know he can. He can throw for over 300 yards on Sunday, no doubt about it. But not only is the Chiefs' offense a dangerous weapon, since their bye week, the Chiefs are allowing only 10 points per game. Bro, that's, oh, since their bye week, I said in their last six games, they're allowing 6.9 points per game yeah so do with that what you will they're trending up the texans are trending down um, as a whole like either their offense shines or their defense shines together they haven't performed to be to make an impressive week since week nine versus jacksonville also you got to think about in arrowhead it's outside deshaun watson it's going to be way too loud for him to play good football yeah yeah and so travis uh kind of stole my thunder uh, the Chiefs, I'm also taking them at minus nine and a half, and I'm also doing two units. I was fairly confident on all my games this weekend, so um, two units on the Chiefs. Um, in the final six games, they went 5-0-1 against the spread. The only game that they didn't cover was a push against the Chargers in Week 17, um, and they also allowed a total of 69 points, so that's 6.9 points per game over those last six, but they scored 167 points in those last six games, averaging 27.8 points per game. So do that as you will. I think the offense is clicking, which is good for the Chiefs at this time of year. The defense has really stepped it up. Um, I think this nine and a half points is going to be easy peasy, lemon squeezy, man. Yeah, you'd think so. Uh, let's just hope that the uh, Chiefs' offense is, is moving like they can. Yeah, also, also Houston's uh, defense is 28th in the league this year. So Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, don't know why they got rid of Jadavian Clowney. They needed him. They sold out for their offensive line, which is still shitty. Yep. Next game, the last game of the weekend, Seahawks at Packers, 540 on Sunday night, afternoon, whatever you want to call it. Packers are four-point favorites, and the over-under is 47. Um, who do you like to win this one? Well, I hate to talk about that because it's going to show my hand as where, where I'm going to bet, but I think the Seahawks pull off another quote. Actually, this one, this one will be the first, but I think the Seahawks pull off the upset here. Um, I got my reasons why. I just Maybe I'm just like sleeping on the Packers for whatever reason, but I just don't see them as a great football team, a football team that's going to be you know, worthy of a conference championship game. I think the Seahawks 
we've we've all leaned the favorites this entire weekend. I do see an upset coming somewhere. I think the Hawks are going to be the team. If you had to pick one, the Seahawks are the ones. So that that's what I'm going with. Ah, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I have I had the Packers winning. I think in this one, I'm not going to root for them. I'd like to see the Seahawks win um, because I just I'm a fan of Russell Wilson lately. Um, and just not the biggest Packers fan, but it, it should be a close game. I just – I don't have the confidence in the Seahawks to get it done. So you're picking the Packers to win. Picking the Packers to win, but that is not my gambling pick. All right. Another thing – before I kind of mention it, because this is not my notes about the reason why I picked who it is, I'm also, you know, a big believer in playoff experience and the Packers have a first-year head coach and the Seahawks have Pete Carroll, who's been there time and time again. I mean, he's been there, seen it. So um, I think that that's going to play a big factor as well as the coaching aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, I see it there. It's just, honestly, I've seen both these teams. I've seen the worst and the best from both these teams. It just decides which one's going to show up. Um, my pick, I'm, I'm only doing, I'm going, going pussy on it. I'm laying low with one unit, but my pick, not the spread. I'm going under 47. I don't like it that much, hence the one unit. Um, but if, since we're betting men, I have to take something. It's going to be the under. I mentioned earlier the Seahawks, the issue with their backfield. It's terrible. Travis, and, Travis Homer and Marshawn Lynch last week in the wild card round had 17 carries for 19 yards. Yeah, it was bad. They, the Seahawks had running back issues, so they go and sign a fat 33-year-old who's been chilling on his couch for a year, smoking weed and eating Skittles. You think that's, that's going to be a good you know, predictor of success in the NFL? Probably not. Yeah. Um, I, just, I don't see it being well. I see the Seahawks being able to shut down Aaron Jones, um, making old man Rodgers make all the plays. I think it's going to be a quarterback game. Whoever, you know, has the better day wins. But I think I'm going to take the under. All right. I don't hate that move. Um, I'm going to go Seahawks plus four here. Obviously, I picked it. I think they can win this game. But for gambling purposes, I'm going to probably take the spread and just hope they, if they lose, they keep it close. I'm, I'm doing two units on this one as well. So two units on all my games this weekend. Um, they were very good to me last week. DK Metcalf is proving to be a problem. Um, in the NFL, a great deep threat receiver. So between him and Tyler Lockett, you know, Russell Wilson's got some options there. Um, and this is an interesting fact that I heard on the Pat McAfee show the last few episodes. Um, the Seahawks are the best team in the league at throwing the deep ball. Like statistically, they are the best team in the league at throwing the ball down the field. The Packers are the worst team in the league at defending the deep ball. So they let up the most passes past 20 yards in the NFL. Um, so Take that with, with what you will. The fact that the Hawks defense showed up last weekend, too. They got those seven sacks like I talked about. Um, maybe starting to tune that up. Spells trouble for the Packers. And the Packers' average margin of victory this year is only 8.77. Um, so not super big. I think the Seahawks keep it closer than that. Um, and maybe win. So I'm taking them at plus four with two units. All right. You heard it there. There's your NFL slate for the weekend. Should be nice and exciting. Uh, me and Jared did a, like, I have, a, we have a bracket challenge going with a big friend group. I think there's only like four or five brackets left to have their championship team, their Super Bowl winning team after this weekend. So it'll be good for me to just sit back and enjoy and watch some teams melt down. Hopefully yeah. it'll be the Ravens this weekend. 
Yeah. I mean, if the Ravens lose, I think there's only one person left in that bracket challenge who has a team still in it. I think there would be two or three. A couple people picked the Chiefs and the 49ers. Obviously, the Ravens, the big favorite. I don't. We should have looked and saw what their Vegas odds were to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the playoffs. I'm sure it was minus 200. Oh, yeah. More. Stupid. But um, there's your NFL games. We do have another game that is, I believe, it's the Monday. Monday. Yep. It's the college football championship game. Hopefully it's a great one. Number three, Clemson versus number one, LSU. Pretty much a home game for LSU. It's in New Orleans at Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Is that what it's called? Monday at 7 o'clock, LSU, six-point favorites, and the over-under is 69 and a half. Uh. Um, This game, I don't know. It's just like the six points is a lot. I, I thought it was Clemson team. I thought it was six and a half, but now that it's six, I'm still going to keep my bet as it is. Um, I first and foremost want to say I do think LSU wins this game. I don't think it's going to be a route like the, all the games we've seen them playing recently. Like they kicked Georgia's ass, they kicked Oklahoma's ass. I mean that Oklahoma game wasn't even a game. I know they played Oklahoma. Did they play? Yeah, they played Oklahoma. Yeah, they played Oklahoma. It wasn't even a game. Um, I do think this is we're in for a very very entertaining matchup this weekend, or I guess on Monday. Um, but I do see LSU pulling it out. Now, with that being said, um, I don't think see myself comfortable taking that spread. So that's just what I'll say about it. Uh, you don't feel yourself comfortable taking LSU, LSU on the spread. Oh yeah. No. Um, I honestly, you're going to call me crazy, but I like Clemson plus six. Oh, Clemson plus six. Is that your pick? Yeah. That's yeah. my pick. I'm two units. I also like Clemson Moneyline for the value at plus 185. I'm big on Clemson. I have been all year. I think people do dog them for the conference they play in, but look. They should, they should though. I get. I mean, I guess we saw them. They, they proved it when they played Ohio State. They yeah. are the better team, I think. They have the number one defense in the country, the number four offense in the country. LSU has the number one offense and the number 28 defense. Uh, Clemson held the number four offense, which was Ohio or number three offense, which was Ohio state um, to what was it? 28 points. Yeah. I mean, it was still, that was, that game was closer than what the final score ended up. 23 points. Yeah. That game was close pretty much all the way to the fourth quarter. um, And then Clemson started to pull away. I'm not saying it's not close. I'm just saying that LSU really relies on their offense to win them ball games. And Clemson, they and Clemson is is very good. They haven't played the number one defense yet. The best they've gotten was number two and number seven, which was Georgia and Florida. Um, I mean, they did beat Georgia pretty pretty heavily, but at the end of the year, they were looking pretty defeated. Yeah, I mean, other than that all season they played some very shitty defenses. Yeah, you look at the fucking offenses that and flip that around. Look at the offenses that Clemson played though. Like, I'm sure Florida State and North Carolina and fucking all those schools don't have that great of offenses for their defense to be ranked number one in the country. Um, But regardless of the fact they proved it, they played another team outside their conference um, and Ohio State beat them. I do think it's going to be a great game. I'm also taking Clemson plus six as well. Um, Now, I know I I picked LSU. I think this is going to be like an all-timer. Like, I think this is going to be a game to come down to like a last-second field goal. A team's down by like three points. They go down or four points. They go down and score. They score a touchdown to win. I think it's going to be that type of game. 
like the national championship game two years ago, um, or I guess it was three years ago, whenever, yeah, when Deshaun Watson threw that touchdown pass on the final play to, to beat, to beat Alabama. Like that's what I think it's going to be like Clemson plus six. I'm going pussy here. Like Travis has earlier. I'm going to do it in one unit though. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's a close, I hope it's a close game. I want to do the under of 69 and a half, but I did the under on the LSU Oklahoma game and that screwed me. And we yeah. talked about last week or a couple weeks ago, how fast Clemson can score. And yeah, I know. And, and to couple that, I think LSU can score, can keep up with them. That, that's my thing. Like LSU has. They can. They can. I don't, yeah. and, but my thing is also LSU's defense. I'm not going to say it's bad, but it's not that great. We saw what Alabama did to them. So we know Clemson's going to be able to score on them too. I, I honestly, the more I think about it, start to lean towards the over of 69 and a half. But I'm not going to bet on that probably. I hate betting over unders because then you're like it's fun to bet overs because then you're fucking just they score 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 but when they're not scoring you get so frustrated like you guys literally this is what you do all day fucking score the football but uh, both taking Clemson plus six I think it's gonna be a hell of a game uh, Travis has Clemson winning I have LSU winning uh, I don't say I have I, all right fine I'll say I have Clemson winning go yeah. ahead and take it. I would not. I would stay away from that money line though, and just take take Clemson spread because then at the end of the day you can still just root for a good game. Yeah, fair so, enough. Yeah, but anyway, that's gonna do it for the gambling slate, the generous digest for this weekend. You know, we're kind of running out of these, um, but what we're gonna talk about in the next segment, our trending topic segment, is gonna be the XFL and the rules they announced. So let's get into it. Trending topic section. Haven't had one of these in a hot second, I feel like. Um, but we're not going to dive in too far. XFL released their rules. They're pretty awesome. We're, we're just going to kind of recap the ones we think will make the game significantly different from the NFL. Yeah. Um, so, Jarrett, I don't know how you want to do it. You can just kind of lead in by maybe some rules that you think are going to make the game a lot more interesting than the NFL. So the first thing that comes to mind, the first thing I saw was the extra points. So for those of you who haven't seen them yet, there are going to be no extra points in the XFL. So after you score a touchdown, you don't kick. You have the option to go for one, two, or three, and they're all offensive plays. You can get one point from the two-yard line, two points from the five, and three points from the ten. What's also awesome about that is if the defense forces a turnover and returns it, they get the equal amount of points. So if you're on the ten-yard line, and you throw a dumb fucking you know slant pass, and a linebacker comes up, picks it off, takes it back to the house. The defense gets the other team gets three points. So I think that's super huge. Travis and I were talking about this earlier. Um, you know, if you're down by nine points and it's your last possession, you're, the game's not over. And the, if there's like forty seconds left, you're down by nine. Game's not over. You can fucking easily score a touchdown and get a three, the three point conversion. Whereas the NFL, you probably have to stop, post up, kick, and then try for an onside kick. So yeah, I mean, it just it makes games. Um, that you would feel like you're out of it in the NFL. So not even nine. Say you're down 18. That's a two possession game rather than like. Yeah. I don't know. It just it makes it three possession. That makes, like, you know, makes it more competitive. Yeah, yeah. If you're down by 18 in the NFL, you're talking about you're gonna have to score two touchdowns, go for two both times, and then kick a field goal to win. Yeah. So. Meanwhile, in the XFL, all you got to do is score twice and get the three-point conversion, which it is from the 10-yard line. But I feel like plays from the 10-yard line open up 
the end zone a lot more for offensive like creatability rather than plays from the two yard line. I think we're going to see a lot. I think the most common one is definitely going to be the two point conversion from the five because um, it's not quite as far as the ten, but it's not so close like the two. Like I honestly, like, even in Madden, I hate running plays from the two yard line because it's. I'm sure we're going to see a trend in like I bet like week one every team goes for that two point conversion. Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting. The only reason you'll probably go for three is if you're down or you want to extend the lead by three points yeah. for a field goal. For sure, for sure. So that's that's one of the rules I thought was cool. What's 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 one that you had that you thought we have a bunch of them on here, but we're just gonna pick our our favorite ones. Um yeah, we will I'm just gonna go with some miscellaneous rules rather than okay. kind of a segment. Um there's a twenty five second play clock, so it's what 15, 15 seconds, seconds. Yeah, 15. 15 seconds for the NFL, but that is also because there's a constant running clock, except for the last two minutes of a half. The last two minutes kind of goes back to NFL style, um, which with the running clock, each team only gets two timeouts rather than three. All challenges are initiated by the booth, no coach challenges. So I kind of yeah, like that. What's also, what's also awesome about that is they have a replay official in each stadium. That's yeah. So like up in the booth. So, so you don't have to, you know, call New York, those bitches up there. Um, And NCAA style in terms of what is a catch one foot in bounds equals a catch. Um, We're going to have shorter half times for quicker gameplay. This is one that kind of confused me. And this is one that we can talk about. This is the last one I, Mm -hmm. I have, I saved it for. There's a dedicated ball spotting official, um, which I feel like is a good thing. But also, it's like, what if there's a run play to the opposite side of the field? So I, I'm not 100% sure on this one, but I know that Al, um, the commissioner of the XFL is Oliver Luck, which is Andrew Luck's dad. So he's a really fucking smart dude. Um, he mentioned something about the possibility using the Hawkeye technology. Do you know what that is? Is that like where there's a chip in the ball? Yeah, so they use it in soccer for like to tell if the ball crosses the goal plane. Um, so they talked about, he said that we haven't really worked it all out yet, but we hope that, that we can, cause that way the ref can just be watching the chip and the ball to see where the ball is at at all times. Be like, yep, it's right there. If there's ever a questionable spot, but it's going to be or that, or they may, might have two got two ball spotting officials on each side of the field. Cause like Travis said, there's gonna be nine total. Like he told me this is gonna be nine total refs. Whereas the NFL, you have like what? Five, five or six, I think is what we counted for. Yeah. So there's a lot more refs on the field. Should be good. I just wanted to go over some miscellaneous rules that make the game different, more fast-paced, maybe more entertaining in the NFL. Yeah. So, what do you Another got? Another one that I think is going to be more entertaining in the NFL is their overtime. We all know. We all bitch about NFL overtime all the time. Um, I like this. They're doing like a five-round shootout style. Now, it's kind of like – think of like a penalty kicks in soccer or a shootout in hockey whenever it's tied at the end of overtime. Um, so, this is their straight-up overtime. Five-round shootouts. Each opponent gets a play from the five-yard line. So on one end of the field, you're going to have the offense of Team A and defense of Team B and the five. And the other 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 end, uh, offense of Team B and defense of Team A. And they just go back and forth and, and try and they get one play to score. If they score, their team has to match it. And at the end of five rounds, whoever's up wins. Um, if you're tied for five rounds, you just continue to go until you have an outright an outright winner. Outright winner. So. I thought that was. Did you uh, mention that the defense cannot return yes. any turnovers? Yeah, I did not mention that. I was going to say that, but yeah, the defense can't. Unlike the 
point afters and normal touchdowns, defenses cannot return these back, which makes sense to me. Yeah. So all you people uh, bitching and moaning about NFL overtime rules, here you go. You yep. got a different one. Um, another thing that's different is they are – it is technically the extreme football league, so they're encouraging returns of kickoffs and punts. Uh, the kickoffs are going to be from the 25-yard line rather than the 35. And they, this is, I thought this was a little weird. They must land in between the 20-yard line and the end zone. If it reaches the end zone and it goes back, it's a touchback, and they get it at the 35, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, otherwise – they obviously you kick it out and you have to return it. So they're encouraging returns, um, but they're lining up the, I guess, attackers and the blockers to where it's not full on sprint collision. Yeah. Do you have any more word on if they, so the coverage, each other coverage teams cannot take off until the ball is touched by the opposing team or has been on the ground for three seconds. So if if it's a squib kick, and no one touches it after three seconds, the, the, uh, the kicking team can go. Other than that, they can't take off until the other guy catches it, which I think is awesome because it's going to allow for a lot more open space for the returners um, to kind of, you know, do what they do. What they do. And, like, that's the rationale they threw out, as they said, in college football, kickoffs are 6% of plays that lead to 21% of concussions. And – that, you know, they are taking away that essentially that 30-yard sprint where a guy can sprint downfield full speed and hit somebody who just caught a fucking ball. So, yeah. Uh, So it should be good. We're going to see a lot more returns, obviously punishing you for kicking it in the end zones. You get the 35 rather than the 25. And not only that, but it's going to be kind of hard to kick it all the way through the back of the end zone if you're kicking it from your own 25. Yeah. The punting Uh, is also interesting too. It's kind of the same premise. The, the punting team can't take off until the ball is kicked. Um, if it goes out of bounds inside the 35-yard line, so you can't cough in corner like you can in the NFL, if it goes out of bounds inside the 35-yard line, the ball is placed at 35. If it lands in the end zone, it's a touchback as well, 35. Um, and they're decentivizing um, fair catches. That, that's, that's the reasoning for doing this is to try to get rid of the fair catch and encourage coaches to go for it more on fourth down. Yeah, I mean, I, we all hate punts in the NFL – Either there is a block in the back or a fair catch or it goes out of bounds. That's something to think about. I think I think these will also get rid of all these stupid fucking penalties too. Yeah, and nothing frustrates me more than the NFL. You get a return on a punt for like 12, 15 yards, and you get a block in the back, and then it's minus 15 from where you caught it, which is the dumbest thing. 15 from where the penalty. Never heard. Whatever, yeah. It's, it's, Are you sure? Yeah, it's supposed to be. Uh, usually, usually it's where you catch it. Yeah, because that guy's right there, and you have some dumbass fucking one of your blockers. Like motherfucker is gonna dodge that guy anyway. So why are you push him? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, just one more thing. I know this is kind of like a controversial one, or one that people are probably in the dark about. That they saw the highlights when they announced the rules is the double forward pass. Me and Jarrett, when they announced it yesterday, and hadn't done a lot of reading on it, thought like, oh, you can throw it ten yards down the field, then throw it again past that. No, they, the initial pass can be forward, but the guy who throws it again for the double pass has to still be behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. So not necessarily as crazy trick plays as you might think, but it should allow for like a little bit more flexibility. 
Yeah, like I was telling Travis, the two instances that I can see it happening and working out really good is the first one obviously being a running back screen where the offensive line lets the defensive line through and the quarterback backs up and dumps it off to the running back. He can turn around and fucking huck it downfield. Um, or the other one I thought of is if a guy's like – if a quarterback calls a wide receiver into motion and then pitches it to him on like a reverse and the quarterback takes off to the opposite side of the field and the running and the receiver stops, throws it forward to the quarterback technically like by like two or three yards and he can huck it downfield to someone who's going to be like wide open. Those are the two like big plays I thought that would work. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it'll be fun to see for sure. Uh, opening weekend is February 23rd. Most not. That's for the, that's for the, that's the battle Hawks home. Oh wait. Yeah, you're right. It is actually. It's the weekend after the Super Bowl. The ninth. Yeah. Yeah. It's the ninth, February 9th. So literally a month from when you guys are hearing this. Yeah. A month from the month from the ninth, a month from today. Um, yeah, Travis is getting a little. That's the Battle Hawks home opener. They have. Yeah, two. sorry, I was getting a little, yeah. little excited uh, yeah. to go to that one. We don't get to see the home opener till week three. Yeah, so. we got, got got to go on the road. Figure another football league bone in bone in the city of St. Louis. There you go. Um, but yeah, there's the XFL. Give you guys our NFL and college football championship pick. Hopefully you guys liked it. Uh, is there anything else we're going to do before we let these guys go? No, we're going to let them go for the week. Um, I am actually, as football starting to wind down, I'm not getting as depressed because I think the XFL is going to be high quality of a play, unlike what some other people think. Like I told Travis, this, the, the, the AAF literally tried to be the NFL 2.0, and that's one of the reasons why they failed, and they couldn't make payroll. The XFL is going to be different. I think it's going to be exciting, so I'm, I'm kind of pumped to watch it. Yeah, for sure. We will definitely be covering that more. Uh, maybe if they release some more things up until the start of the season, we'll talk about it. But we're definitely going to be talking about it when the season hits. This NFL will be over. But until then, we got all your NFL action coming to you till the Super Bowl. Yep. All right. You guys take it easy and uh, win some money this weekend. We did last weekend. Peace.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 